from the day we arrive on this planet and blinking step into the sun, clearly not written in Warsaw, there's more to see than can ever be seen, more to do than we can ever be done. There's too much to take in here, more to find than can ever be found. It's the circle of life and it moves on and on. It moves through despair and hope, through faith and love, till we find our place in the path unwinding in the circle of life. Life is a journey. From the moment we are born, we are on the journey of life. And as part of that, eternal life can be part of that ongoing journey. Now, life is a hugely rich and complex tapestry. There's more to be seen and find than we're ever going to do. There are periods and seasons of despair, but there's also hope and sustenance with faith and love. And he gives us courage to complete the journey. This Advent, we're looking at the theme of journeys as we journey up to Christmas. So I'm starting with the subject of the journey of life. Now, for those of you that know me, will know that I do like the odd journey. I have here with me Biscotti. Judith likes Biscotti. Would you like to hold Biscotti, Judith, while I speak? Because I know Judith is a big fan of Biscotti. Bis Biscotti was given to me by my, um, my social work team when I had a year off to go travelling, so they gave me Biscotti to take with me. And they named him Biscotti because I'm known for liking cakes and biscuits. And they thought Biscotti in Italian sounded a bit better than biscuit, really. So Biscotti, with his fostering Warsaw badge on, travels with me some of the places that I go. So I do love adventures. Those of you that follow me on Facebook will know this. I like exploring. I like cultures. I like different people. I like adventure. I like food. Can I have slide three, please, Joe? Um... Some people call me Judith Chalmers. But Biscotti follows me on my journeys through jungles and deserts, through glaciers, through high mountain peaks, through rift valleys, across seas and lakes, jumping off bridges, micro-lighting over, Victoria Falls, jumping off canyons, some of you remember that one, bobsleigh riding, skiing, riding camels, ostriches, that was a step too far, elephants, swimming with dolphins, great, crocodiles, not so good, paddling with penguins, eating ants, and there you have me eating tarantulas. May I say, it was every bit as disgusting as it looked. But when you go to places, you know, you need to try the local delicacies, don't you? No. <laughs> so this was, this was in Cambodia, and we'd, we'd been to a nice restaurant. There was a group of about eight of us. We were on an adventure holiday, and we'd sat there all afternoon, and quite a few of them had been drinking. I hadn't, but it was me that said, oh, do you know what? I've just seen tarantulas on the menu. And I was looking at it for like four hours and it was like calling my name. Tarantulas, tarantulas. So I said, come on, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Will anyone do it with me? I said, yeah, yeah. So a couple of them did it with me. So we had them, as you can see, lined up there on the plate. And they, you can't quite see, they did look exactly like tarantulas and felt like tarantulas. And all I can say is the people that volunteered to do it with me had the advantage of having drunk several cocktails all afternoon. <laughs> I hadn't. And it was just, the touch was just like, Ooh. anyway, eating tarantulas, do not recommend it. There's always more to see and take in. There's always more to find in life. I would love to go up in a space rocket. That's one of the things I'd love to do, but I don't think that's going to happen. But it's in my character and my nature. 
But there's lots of local discoveries we can make as well, aren't there? And I'm sure during lockdown, lots of you made lots of local discoveries that were really, really near. My motto is carpe deum, which is seize the day. Take action, grab every opportunity to do new things. No regrets. Face your fears, step out your comfort zone, build yourself up, help others, have fun, choose love, let go of negativity, get out there in nature, declutter your mind, make the most of every opportunity in life, live life to the full. However much time you have, whether it's days or weeks, months or years. Now, the next PowerPoint, please. I don't know how many of you have seen, has anyone seen the film The Bucket List? Yeah? It's about two men from totally different walks of life who've only got a few months left to live. They meet in a hospital ward, Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman. One is rich beyond measure, the other is much poorer. But they embark on a series of adventures before they kick the bucket. They drive fast cars, they visit the world's wonders, they do things they've never done before. They witness majestic things, but they discover that ultimately, family, re relationships and reconciliation are actually what means most above all of those other things. And I think in some way, a lot of us rediscovered that in the last couple of years. During lockdown, it was a season of our lives that we'd never planned for. We'd certainly never expected. And we also learned lots of different things. But I wonder, if you've got a bucket list, now I need to think about this, have you ever written a bucket list of things you'd like to do before you die? Ha okay, I'm not gonna, hands up if anyone's ever got a bucket list, either mental or written down. A few people, but not many. Okay. Well then, I wonder, have you ever considered writing a spiritual bucket list? You say, well, why would I do that? Well, because it can help you focus. It can help you centre yourself. It can help you think deeply about what you're thankful for, about what you might need help with, how you can bless other people what your purpose is here on earth and how you can know Jesus more. So I'm going to just toss out a few ideas about what you could put on your spiritual bucket list. Some of them you'll go, woohoo, definitely not. Some are more adventurous than others and some everybody can do every day of the year. So here we go. See if any of these grab your attention because one of the challenges I'm going to give you is go home and write your own spiritual bucket list, okay? So here are some ideas. Go on a mission trip here or abroad. Meditate with a monk. Finish reading the Bible. Lead a church service. Go on a spiritual retreat. Help physically build a church. Get baptised. Lead someone to Jesus. Write a letter to God and put it in the wailing wool whilst you're on a pilgrimage. Attend a mass at St Peter's Church in Rome. Do random acts of kindness every day over Advent. Go up a high mountain and experience the majesty of creation. Take a holiday from work and go work in a township. Use your professional skills in a different place or setting. Do voluntary service over teas. Volunteer with a local charity. Be part of taking the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Befriend a lonely person. Trash it, cash it, give it away. Simplify your life. Plan to visit the Holy Land and literally walk in Jesus' shoes. Write notes of encouragement to other people. Laugh more. 
Apologise to anyone you need to. Could be here a while. Discover and use your spiritual gifts. Develop your natural talent for baking, art, music, anything, and use it to bless other people. Plant a tree in the community. Buy a person in need a new set of clothes. Not a second-hand set, a new set. Learn to read the Bible in ancient Greek. Provide lunch for the whole church. Plan to do a talents challenge. Keep a journal for a year. Throw a street party. Thank someone who changed your life and do something special for them. Forgive someone. Spend more time with your grandchildren. Etc, etc, etc. I challenge you over Advent to make your own spiritual bucket list. Have a goal for Advent and beyond. You're not, you may not achieve it all, but you will have greater focus and drive and it will help you in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. Next slide, please, number five. There are lots of different kinds of journeys. There are short ones and there are long ones and they all require different preparation. If you go away for a weekend, you pack very differently than if you're going away for three months or a year. And journeys have different aims and purposes. They take place in different seasons. Some are really costly, not just in money, but in time, in emotion, in skills. Some require certain levels of fitness. Some journeys you go on your own. Other, you go with partners and friends or groups of people. Depending on what your aim is, whether it's to relax, be healthy, your family, explore, spiritual development work, you're going to have a very different type of journey. But one thing is guaranteed. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. We experience journeys in different seasons, both different seasons and stages of life, as well as different seasons of the year. The journeys we make in our youth are going to look different from the ones we make with young children, with teenagers, with our older parents, with extended family, in retirement. They're all going to look different journeys. They'll have different levels of activity, different interests, more or less romance. And different packing is involved for different climates. I would look very stupid wearing my full skiing wear if I was on a desert trek. I wouldn't last very long at all, would I? Conversely, if I've got my desert clothes on, I'm not going to last two minutes at the top of a high mountain. Now, are you a kitchen sink or a minimalist packer? Okay. Are you somebody who loves the challenge of looking at the EasyJet and the Ryanair new dimensions for suitcases, which are about this big, and take the challenge to have that as your cabin luggage and have it for the whole week? Or are you someone who actually would fill the whole hold of the aeroplane with your own stuff. Okay? Yeah, I, 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 because we don't like spending too much money, I tend to go for the minimalist and stick it in and wear it for the week, which is a challenge. But my question is, when it comes to Advent, are you a minimalist or are you a kitchen sink packer? Are you planned or are you last minute? Both have got advantages. If you've got every detail anticipated, every event mapped out, you've loved your planning, then you're sorted. Or you might be more spontaneous. 
and actually see it as it goes with some late ideas running up on the rails. Well, I think because we've got to where we are and we now started Advent, if you haven't planned, you're in the spontaneous camp, whether you normally are or not. But are you open to unexpected discoveries on your journey? So I want to show you that picture there. That is actually a petrified waterfall with a lovely um, area to swim at the bottom. That petrified waterfall is five miles from my house in France. I've been going to my house in France for 20 years, and I had never discovered this petrified waterfall until this year, until I went out on the bike. Now, I wonder what signs God has shown us that we never followed up. There's been a sign to that petrified waterfall along this road that I've been along, but I never took it. I never took it. Why not? It was a very little sign, and to be honest, it didn't look very excited at all. You know, the sort that, that are just like, you know, little road signs and says, well, it says, Cascade, Issy. So I thought, fair enough. Never really been bothered. I thought, well, it'd just be a little dribble of a thing. You know, it's not going to be very good. And it's really easy, because it didn't look interesting, to miss it, to miss the subtle, and just I just didn't bother. But... It's never too late to follow the sign. And this year, for whatever reason, I was looking for new routes, I followed the sign. And there was this, I thought it was absolutely amazing, and it's petrified. And it was just near my house, and I'd never, ever seen it. What is there in front of us that we've never explored? What sign has God put up for you that you've never followed? I'm going to go back there, because you can see it was clearly late autumn, in a different season. And I'm going to experience the same place again. And I'm going to take my swimming things, and I'm going to have a paddle and a picnic and a swim. And I'm going to spare my, share my new special place with my kids and my grandkids. If I hadn't followed that sign, we'd all have missed out, wouldn't we? And had the opportunity to go back season after season. Are there things that God has said to us in the past that we need to revisit, we need to re-explore or review. Helpful tip, this is really useful if you're in a dry season or if you're struggling, because if you're, not, if you're struggling to find new things, then go back and review what God said to you before and look at the signs maybe that you've missed and follow them up this time. What's God pointing the way to that maybe we've missed? We can stumble when we're on our journey of life on incredible things, on breathtaking vistas. We can almost stumble, I would suggest, when we're out in nature, into the presence of God whilst we're walking. When we're in the garden, if you go on a retreat to places like the House of the Open Door, it can be overwhelming. You can suddenly have that peace and sense of the calmness and reassurance from God. When everything changes, when situations that look really difficult unlock, when you're in that Egypt moment, Actually, God is there with us. Everything, when we're in his presence, can seem okay and is okay with our soul, even though outwardly things can be very, very challenging. We've been through Advent on many seasons. Next slide, please, Joe. I think. But as we've said, we experience different things in different seasons. So we can go to the same place at different times in the year, and we can go in different years, 
and when in exactly the same place, our experience can be really different. We've always gone on family holidays in Cornwall. I went as a child myself. I've been with my husband. We've then been with our children, with my parents, and again as grandparents. And it's a special place full of memories. But there's always new things to discover because you're with different ages and going to slightly different places. Do you have a special place where you can go and connect with others and with God? As we journey through Advent, let's face it, we've been here a lot of times before. However old you are, you've been through that many Advents. But what can we do to make it different this year? What can we do to freshen up the journey? I suggest one idea is to go home and intentionally think about it. Put in some planning. Get some ideas from other people. Some of my best holidays have been when I've got the, the brochures out for things like Trail Finders and Exodus, and I've looked at all those fabulous holidays, looked at the price and thought, ha, I don't think so. And then you look at all the places they go, and you plot it yourself, and you can do it for a fraction of the price. Borrow ideas from other people, from what they've done, from where they've been, to what ideas they've got. You don't have to come up with stuff yourself. How much time have you got? Is it as simple as maybe just going for an extra walk or a ride or a run or a coffee with friends or on your own? Maybe you've got 10 minutes a day. Think about that. Or an hour a week. Maybe a day event, just once, whatever works for you. We're going to be giving away, we have got them, Vicky. We're going to be giving away um, daily reflections for Advent and Christmas. Um, waiting in joyful hope. If you can take one on your way out this morning and make it part of your Advent journey. Make that an intentional part. Five minutes a day. Think about what you're going to do through Advent. And take time to reflect on how you've heard God's voice in different seasons. What did he say to you? But how do we navigate the journey of life? Next slide, please. I don't know how many of you have played. Has anybody got the game of life? Yeah, a few of us have got the game of life. Okay. The aim in this game is to accumulate the most money on your journey through life and you either reach the retirement home or millionaire's mansion. There are loads of stops and choices on the way which impact on the rest of your journey. Do you go to college? Do you get a job? Do you marry, have children, pets? Do you have ups and downs? One of the things says you're overweight. Take a holiday at a health farm. Spend £5,000. You're caught speeding. Your house has been burnt down. You've been blackmailed by your butler. You've invented an automatic cocktail shaker. Have a bonus of £10,000. You've financed an unsuccessful expedition to the North Pole. Pay £50,000. Your uncle is in prison. Pay £2,000. You've inherited a skunk farm. You discover treasures deep sea diving. The game, the game is really good fun, but it is a tad realist, unrealistic. A butler inheriting a skunk farm? You certainly learn, though, on this game that your choices have consequences and that you're affected by external circumstances. But on our journey of life, the real journey, we face many circumstances that the game doesn't cover. Situations that are very emotional and are very life-changing. Well, it wouldn't make a very good best-selling game, would it? But what happens in the real journey of life when your child's diagnosed with autism? When you grieve what is lost the life you hope they would have, you fear for them, and you wonder how you will cope with the challenges of caring. You feel turmoil, anxiety, disappointment, fear, maybe anger, self-doubt, you blame yourself, 
It's a real test of character and love. What happens when your partner's diagnosed with cancer or Alzheimer's? Or your partner, who you love to bits, has decided they don't want to be with you anymore? In all these events in life, and many others that I can only describe, the bottom falls out of your world. Our emotions go to depths we didn't know existed. We experience raw, searing pain, grief, anguish. And you know what? It is all part of the journey of life at some stage. But it's in these situations that we often have our closest encounters with God. Psalm 121. Next slide, please. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. The Lord watches over you. He is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from harm. He will watch over your life. He will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. He is our helper, our keeper, our protector, our guide and preserver. He watches over our lives. He holds our hands. He guides us with his counsel. He sustains and feeds us. We can navigate the journey of life by keeping our eyes on the lighthouse. That lighthouse there is a picture that I took in Swakabmund, which is off Wolvers Bay in Namibia. It's just south of the Skeleton Coast, which is rough and wild. And it can be really easy to go off the path or get lost, to get distracted or diverted. But the ships see this lighthouse. They check their passage and they get back on track and they're prevented from shipwreck, hitting the rocks and losing their lives. We need to look at our lighthouse. Do we need to refocus and get back on the track, get back on the path, check our passage? In a minute, we're going to finish. I'm just going to say a few more things first, but we're going to finish with the song My Lighthouse, because this is what it says. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness, I will follow you. My lighthouse, I will trust the promise because you carry me safe to shore. In my wrestling and my doubts, in my failures, you don't walk out. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. In the silence, you won't let go. In the questions, your truth holds. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. I won't fear what tomorrow brings. With each morning I will rise and sing, my God's love will lead us, you are the peace in my troubled sea. There's fire before us, you are the brightest, you will lead us through the storms. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. John 1, Jesus, the light of the world, whose light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. In conclusion, can the you guys, singers and guys come back? He is with us every step, every day, in our journey of life. In all seasons, in all circumstances. As we journey through Advent, let's take up the challenge to think about planning our journey and refreshing it this year. Make new 
discoveries in familiar territory. Write a spiritual bucket list. Have an advent adventure. Revisit old signposts that you've missed or ignored before. Follow the bright, shining light all the way to the manger. The darker it is, the brighter the light shines. I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to sing to conclude my lighthouse. Let's just pray. Father, I pray a blessing over every person here, over their families, and over their households. I pray that they will know and experience the light of the presence and glory of God to guide them through Advent, but also through the whole of life's journeys, in the ups and the downs of life, through periods of despair and hope. For those facing challenges, may you know that his truth will hold. He will not let you go and he will lead you to peace in your troubled sea. Amen. Let's sing my lighthouse.